recording. Hey, we're live. Uh, welcome back to the Cover Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm joined by Carrie and Chris as usual. And as we teased last episode, we have a special guest, returning guest. Um, first returning guest, I think. I don't know that we've had anybody else on more than than, than one time. So um, I will introduce him, but let me separate that so I can give a proper introduction. Let me just touch base real quick with the guys. I'll start with Carrie. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Just trying to navigate through this uh, COVID um, football, um, whatever you want to call it. It seems like every week there's a, a game or two in question. So, you know, just trying to make sure um, making the right moves. I got my insurance on my insurance, as I like to say. So, you know, just going to try to work my way through it. Yeah, man, it's it's probably been more of a, a, a downer for a lot of fantasy players than, than a good thing. But as you guys know, because we're in the same Yahoo League, uh, finally got my first win, man. And it's probably because of COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I was only up by like two points, um, you know, going into Monday and the Tuesday games. And the guy I was playing had Rex Burkhead and they didn't play. <laughs> and I'm not saying Rex Burkhead was gonna go for like 20, but he probably could have got three. So uh, that worked out for me. Uh, so uh, you know, not not that I'm I'm trying to say anything positive about COVID because there's nothing positive about it. But I got lucky. Let's leave it at that because I'm getting ready to get myself in some trouble with that. So let's stay away from that. Uh, <laughs> Chris, let me check in with you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, just you know, dad life and trying to you know trying to stay fresh as I, as fresh fresh as I can you know dealing with these little little babies <laughs> they keep you on your toes man they keep they you on sure your toes. do you know no no dull moments um, no never you know, when you have young kids like that you got two girls so you know you know how that is yeah they, um, they run they run it <laughs> of course there you go so you already know you already know how it goes all right so let me introduce our guest and guest doesn't even sound like the right word because when we talk me carrie and chris it just feels like another member of the show like he just seems like he's always here even though he's not here but he kind of always feels like he's here uh it's matt waldman uh let me let me not bury the lead there you know him from the rsp you know him from the rsp cast you know him from football guys you know him from matt waldman rsp.com uh you know him from a bunch of places um so we're great. We're, we're, we're glad to have Matt back on. Uh, always been very generous and gracious with us. And uh, so thanks for being on, Matt. How you been? I've been good. I've been I've been looking forward to doing this. This is a fun show to be able to do with you guys. And I'm glad you guys feel that way because I feel the same. And it's I've been looking forward to this. And I don't know. I'm just, you know, pumping out a lot of content. So I'm, you know, it's that time of year where I'm sleeping weird hours and, um, you know, just trying to keep a, a balanced schedule. It's my eleventh uh, wedding anniversary tomorrow. Ooh, so, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. And what's funny is neither of us know the date because we were supposed to have a family <laughs> wedding, and then and then um, that didn't work out because my wife got sick. And then like so, I had to arrange the wedding. We went away to like Asheville, North Carolina, to, like a bed and breakfast where they had this like beautiful garden. And so I ended up planning it because she was kind of despondent about the whole wedding thing. And then when she was like, if nobody could, if only if nobody could come, she didn't want anyone to come. So it was just us. And uh, 
And it turned out great, but it's kind of funny because it turned out to be the day before what our actual wedding was going to be. So we have a save the date magnet on our refrigerator that has the wrong date on it. So every three or four months, one of us goes, quick, what day's our anniversary? And we always get it wrong. <laughs> hey, but look, as, as, you know, as a husband, you know, we know kind of how anniversaries go and, and the kind of weight that that can carry when you don't know the date you you don't you have to worry about that i'm lucky yeah i'm, yeah. I'm the luckiest husband there is because my wife doesn't know either so exactly like, <laughs> so every once in a while i, I check in and that's it i go do you what what days are i don't know it was supposed to be a saturday but it turned out to be a friday and i said yeah that's pretty much how i remember it too yeah, you can never get called on that. Uh, I try. To, I try to always remember ours. If, if anybody who knows my wife is listening to this, it's October twenty second, two thousand five. Don't test me. I know when it is. Uh, it's easier. It's easier to remember her birthday though because it's Cinco de Mayo. So I never nice. forget that. Um, but the the anniversary, I think I got it. Now my kids' birthdays don't don't even ask me. Um, <laughs> I have a I have a general idea of of when they are, <laughs> but. Um, Let's get into what I guess the people want to hear. I suppose they want to hear this kind of stuff, so we'll talk about it. Um, we'll we'll touch on some some fantasy topics, and uh, as anybody who listens knows, this is a Ravens focused show, so we'll we'll get some Ravens talking there too. Don't worry about that. Uh, and then, as we like to do here, we'll talk about the most important game of all, the game of life. It always comes back to that. Uh, with us at some point during these shows it's usually not even planned but uh we kind of always end up going there um so i'll do it kind of like we did last time i'll throw out the topic and you know we can we'll kick it around the room and we'll we'll start with matt since he's the guest and then uh you know i'll, I'll kind of just hit up carrie or chris and we'll we'll just cycle through these things so first one i've got on my rundown is fantasy predictions right so we're talking about we're in five games in at this point to the NFL season, we've seen some things, maybe we've learned some things, hopefully. Uh, and then what do we think about what we've seen and learned and what, what, you know, what thoughts we might have about that going forward. So that's a pretty broad blank slate. I know I didn't give you a specific team, a specific player, anything. So Matt, you can really take it anywhere that you want. Anything that kind of just jumps to your mind about what you've seen so far. Sure. I think we're uh, let's start with the Chiefs because they seem to be pretty topical concerned that Le'Veon Bell might wind up there um, or at least he's narrowed it down. Um, and after watching Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I just it still just kind of still kind of confuses me how many people still kind of wanted to maintain that this guy's going to be a top five fantasy player at his position in terms of production this year when he can't get in the end zone. And that the Chiefs decided, I mean, after that first game against Houston, I know it's only just one game, but when your coach comes out, and I watched the tape on that game and did a video on it, when your coach comes out and says, we showed him all the run keys that he needed to be looking for on these types of plays, and he missed every single one of them, <laughs> and, and, and said that the blame is squarely on him mm. for, for doing that, as great of a game as he had, like that was a big deal and watching that game it was true like he just he missed those he tried i think he tried to be a little too creative um and then there's this whole thing about him that people have talked about that just again has kind of confused me because they say he's powerful look how powerful is he is and i'm like i haven't seen him break a tackle 
that hasn't been someone reaching for his leg or reaching, you know, just a reach or a wrap to his lower body, but like someone actually wrapping him high, like a linebacker or a defensive tackle or, um, or even a safety, if they get a good wrap and hold on him, he goes down, you know, and he's a, he's a bully in the open field. He can make you miss. He can prevent a lot of tackles. He's a good football player. But like when you put those things together and that he can't pass protect and on top of that, or he has, he's not great at it yet. That's really what I'd say. And on top of it, he doesn't have long speed, which never been that important to me. But if you add those things up, I'm looking and going, well, every top five back I know has at least one of those elements to their game. <laughs> and so I don't know how you're going to say that they're going to feed. He's going to be due. Like I hear people say, well, you know, statistically, you know, it's going to regress to the point that they're going to end up, you know, handing the ball more to him. So he'll get his. And I'm going, that's like some, that's like someone using stats to like hide their magical realistic thought for like, for the fact that like they believe in magic because, because mm-hmm. he's not, unless he learns how to like run behind the line, you know, um, and make it reads in the inside the five, he's not getting the ball as often as people think that it's going to happen, like it's going to come due. And they got so many weapons. And then you add that Kalichi Osemele gets hurt, you know, their guard, and they already had like Tardif Duvernay or Duvernay Tardif, you know, decide to step out and like still, you know, do his work in in the medical profession um, and and sit out this year. You know, there's a little bit of a hole there. And so I think that you're going to see the rape, the, the Kansas City Chiefs struggle a little bit, not nothing major, but like you're going to, they're going to have to throw more. Mahomes is going to deal with pressure more. As my buddy Mark Schofield mentioned yesterday on a podcast we had together, Mahomes is having a habit of kind of starting to drop back a little too far in the pocket mm-hmm. um, and, and out drop his, his protection. So I, I think that they, I could see them adding Le'Veon Bell and saying, we'll use him and split him with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I thought Edwards-Hilaire was going to be maybe top, you know, 12 to 15, 12 to 20, somewhere in that range in terms of ranking for fantasy. And I'm pretty much like, to me, that's his absolute upside now, especially if Le'Veon Bell comes there, even if people are like, oh, he's toast, he's done. I'm not so sure about that. So I'd rather wait and see how he plays. So that's one right off the bat that I that comes to mind. Man, that's that's interesting that you you talk about uh, those kind of components of his game. And, you know, when you talk about, like you said, a top five fantasy back, you need at least one of those components. It made me think of like a baseball analogy. I don't know why, because I don't watch baseball, but um, you hear about them talking about like a five tool player. Right. They got all these different things that they can do. We got to have at least one tool. And it sounds like uh, Clyde needs to work on his tools uh, (laughs) in order to live up to kind of where he was drafted. And, you know, I, I know uh, he, he's a young player, obviously a rookie, and, you know, we, we know everything that goes along with that. But then you bring in Liv, and I don't know, man. I'm with you. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Carrie, let me, let me uh, hit you on this one. What, what do you uh, think about the things that you've seen through the first five games and any thoughts you have on uh, any players or teams or situations? Yeah, so um, before I get into mine, one thing, too, to kind of piggyback on what Matt was saying, another concerning thing um, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is uh, it seemed like he had about 15 carries inside the 10 in that first week, 
and then they kind of dwindled from there. You saw a shovel pass to um, to the fullback Sherman for a touchdown in that Baltimore game. End uh, around to uh, Tyreek Kill for a touchdown. You know, obviously, you know they're going to go to to um, Travis Kelsey in the red zone. So this feels like maybe there was some confidence kind of dwindling on him as far as in that green zone area, and they just decided, hey, we're just going to put the ball into Pat Mahomes' hands. We're going to use smoke and mirrors, and you know we're going to do some things uh, to kind of lean on those guys as opposed to lean on him. So, you know, definitely concerning there. Um, but uh, as far as mine, uh, and I want to put this disclaim- disclaimer out here first before I get into it. I do not drink. I do not smoke. So please do not think I'm crazy. When I <laughs> <laughs> but my first one is that Jimmy G and this 49ers pass offense is going to take off the rest of the season. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. So there were smart people that were that were on this passing game before the season started. Uh, my only kind of pause with that was I didn't think that they would need to throw enough um, to make that come to fruition because, you know, obviously the run game is so good. And the defense, even without um, DeForest Buckner, was still uh, a pretty high upside unit. But now we get into the season and Bosa is gone. Obviously, Buckner is gone. Uh, Richard Sherman is gone. And we're seeing that this isn't the same defense from last season. Uh, So, you know, what that means is I think they're going to be forced uh, to throw more than they would like to. And they're going to have to score points, um, you know, rest of season to kind of dig themselves out of this hole. I mean, it's a small hole, but. When you look at their division, they're at the bottom looking up and they have good offices in that division. And you look at their schedule the rest of the way and they play the Seahawks twice. They play the Rams twice. They play the Packers. They play the Bills. They play the Saints. They play the Patriots. They play the Cowboys and they play the Cardinals. This team is going to have to score points there. I mean, there's no other way around it. There is. They just won't have room. Uh, to play kind of ball control, run the football, do some of the things that ideally they would want to do. But, you know, they're, they're going to be forced to kind of speed this thing up a little bit. So when you look at them from a personnel standpoint, uh, they got Kittle back healthy. Uh, they're working uh, Debo uh, Samuel back into the fold. You know, I think he'll be ramping up into a full-time role here pretty quickly. Uh, they got uh, Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, gaining uh, confidence and I expect that to um, to ramp up more as we go. And then you have, you know, obviously you have Cal Shanahan and, and um, you know, what he brings to the table. So, you know, maybe most, most importantly is Cal Shanahan. So for me, with those kind of weapons at his disposal and, you know, getting those guys up to speed and, and getting everybody uh, comfortable and, in uh, you know, in a cohesive uh, frame of mind, I'm confident that, that Shanahan can um, create some advantageous situations for uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo to produce. So I, I think you, if Garoppolo is out there on the waiver wire um, and you have the room, go out there and pick him up and, uh, you know, just sit him on your bench for now. But I, I think going forward, he's a guy that can maybe pay dividends for you. And then I'll give you one more. Um, 
I think Deontay Johnson still ends um, the season as the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been knocked out of two of the uh, of the Steelers' four games, but he still leads the team in, in, in target. He's a guy that's creating separation. Uh, Big Ben is, is locking in on him. He's giving him um, chances to make plays in space. Um, you know, Big Ben is a guy that likes to typically push it down the field, hold on to the ball a little bit, uh, but he's getting that ball out of there, and he's getting it to um, Deontay and giving him a chance uh, to make plays. So, you know, why – um, Chase Claypool had that historic week five performance. Um, I'd have to imagine that there's no way that he does quite what he does last week if it wasn't for Deontay Johnson getting knocked out of that game. Um, so while I do think Claypool has kind of forced himself on the field in three wide sets and, you know, maybe um, he's kind of forcing that 11 um, personnel grouping to be more, uh, even more prominent thing for them. I think, with everybody healthy, I think Deontay Johnson is still going to continue to be uh, to be featured in that offense. Yeah, I knew I didn't know if it would be you, Kerry. I figured it might have been Chris. I knew we were going to get a Steelers take. In here. <laughs> I knew it was coming and uh, I just didn't know who the player was going to be. But I'm not I'm not shocked. Uh, that we got a Steelers take in there and that that 49ers passing offense call. Look, uh, if that comes to fruition, uh, I, I, so we, we need to be paying you uh, more than what we're paying you. We'll give you a bump here on the deep cover podcast. We'll give you a salary bump uh, that comes to fruition <laughs> because uh, that's that's an interesting one. That is not one that I really thought about in that way. Um, but that's, that's why you, you know, that's why you, you are who you are and why you write an article every week, uh, because you're, you're tuned in, you're plugged in and, um, you've got some thoughts about where things not just are, but where they might go. So that's cool. Um, Chris, I will come to you. So clean slate. Can't talk about any Steelers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> fantasy predictions <laughs> moving forward. or just thoughts. It doesn't have to be a prediction. We're not out here. You know, I'm not going to make you predict anything, but um, any thoughts that you have based on what you've seen in the first five weeks? Uh, so something that's been really surprising to me is uh, Aaron Jones's usage. Uh, it, yeah. it was I was just I was not on the Aaron Jones bandwagon this year for for fantasy at all. Uh, not because of his talent, just because of what they did in the offseason. You know, they draft A.J. Dillon in the second round. So it's like, all right, they, they want to run the ball. It's going to be a committee. They like to work in Jamal Williams as well. So I was just like, no, this is going to be a headache of a backfield. And he's been a damn workhorse. And I think just looking at his schedule, I think he has a chance to finish as the number one running back in all the fantasy. And I think this just highlights how bad they are at drafting because <laughs> they, they essentially they wasted three picks. When you think about it, they drafted Jordan Love, they drafted A.J. Dillon and they drafted uh, DeGuara, the tight end and, from uh, Cincinnati. And he just went out with a torn ACL and he wasn't even started for them. And. It's just like imagine if they took those three picks and used them on players that can that can contribute immediately. It they would be even better than they are right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and they're not even getting contributions from their first three picks. Mm. So, 
I think Aaron Jones, he's just shown that he's one of the true workhorse backs in the league. And he's just every he there. There are guys that they just maximize their touches. And I think people in Baltimore or, you know, Ravens fans, they see a guy like J.K. Dobbins and they see someone like that who every time they're on the field, they just maximize their touches, no matter what the, you know, how, what the snap count is, what the touch rate is, they're going to maximize their, their, um, their rushes or their, their, their touches. And that's something that we've seen throughout the past four years with Aaron Jones is no matter what his usage is, he's going to, to do everything he can with those touches. And um, right now he's just, he's showing what he can do when he has a full, you know, full workload on his plate. And, and it's been, it's been fantastic to watch, not just him, but that, you know, the Aaron Rodgers quote unquote revival, because it just, it seems like that whole team is just, is having fun right now compared to last year where it was, it was like a little bit of a black cloud hanging over them. And uh, that that's one of the, the most fun teams for me to watch right now is the Packers. Yeah, man. Watching Aaron Rodgers uh, play on schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. Play within the structure of the offense. Um, Certainly there's nothing wrong with improvising and there's a time to do that. We know we know that. Um, And so when you have that ability, that just adds another dimension to your game when you just have that improvisational ability. But when you can also combine that with being on schedule, playing within structure, um, you know, in a a well-designed offense, um, things can things can be pretty good. (laughs) And and, and when you. And when you take away Devontae Adams, from, when you take him off the field and they still didn't miss a beat against Atlanta, like it was just it was amazing to watch because I figured, OK, they don't have Devontae. You know, a lot of the stuff that they want to do runs through him. But it was just like, no, Aaron Rodgers is like, no, I'm I'm the man. I still got this. I still wear this belt. Uh, I, I got it. Let me give Robert Tanyan, you know, let me make him look like Gronk from, you know, <laughs> five, six years ago. And it it was fun to watch. Really fun. Yeah. He, he ended up giving, uh, Quinn and Dimitrioff a discount double check on the way <laughs> out the door there. <laughs> Unfortunately for those guys. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so look, uh, before I move on to our next topic, um, I'll chime in. You guys know I suck at fantasy. You mentioned JK Dobbins. That's my only contribution. Uh, to this this topic J.K. Dobbins is good you should play J.K. Dobbins um, I know Carrie and Chris you guys might be like wait a minute what was what, this guy talking about Mark Ingram a couple days ago uh, <laughs> A.C. Slade friend of the show at big play uh, receiver on Twitter basically had to give me a Mark Ingram intervention he had to come in and he said Mike you gotta you gotta let go of Mark Ingram you, you got to let go okay Dobbins is here he's real uh he needs to have more than one carry in the game. <laughs> yeah, and you got to sure. let go. You got to let go. And so it's I, I'm not going to sit here and say I've completely let go of Mark Ingram because I haven't. That would be a lie. Um, but I'm starting to and I don't have anything against Dobbins. I think that's what people were kind of like, what you, you want to see more of Mark Ingram for what? Why? And I'm like, look, I admit I have a sentimental, unreasonable attachment to Mark Ingram (laughs) because I just love the way the dude runs right I know he doesn't have top end speed never has um you know obviously he's at that age where we all talk about running backs kind of kind of starting to decline a little bit um he had some injuries towards the end of last season but 
the guy still, even this season, even though he hasn't put up the same numbers he put up at the beginning of last season, just watch some of his runs. man. Just watch how he initiates contact. He runs through people. And I love it. Um, so, you know, Matt was talking about power earlier in regards to Clyde Edwards. Go watch Mark Ingram. Go watch him meet linebackers in the hole and him dip his shoulder into a guy's chest and just drop him. And the guy's clinging on to his ankles, trying to trying to stop him in whatever way that he can. Numbers may not be there, but just go watch him run. Just watch it. That's all I'm saying. But I do love J.K. So I think I think I'm I'm able to move on. I think <laughs> I don't know. No, I, 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 I don't think you. I don't think you're wrong because I, I, I mean it's it's. It's just, it's not, you know, ideal that you draft a guy in the second round and he's shown you, every time he has the ball in his hand, he's shown you that he can create, he can improvise. He's shown you he's the best back on your team, essentially, is what he's shown you. <laughs> yeah, and like, you, you give him one carry, like, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I get it. I, I tell people all the time, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to that. I get attached to like running styles, right? I don't necessarily look at the end results and I know it's a results game and business, but I, I fall in love with styles and that guy, Mark Ingram. I like the way that guy runs. He's a smart runner. He's always yeah. been a smart runner. So I don't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, I know people thought of him as like the behind the Alabama behemoths, you know, before he came to new Orleans and it took him a while to get up to, speed in new orleans but i mean they hung on to him and stayed patient with because they knew what they had in him and i yeah. think that you know what he's done in baltimore the past couple of years or the, you know last year and part of this year you know certainly is indicative of that yeah and i think you nailed it he just he, he's just a, a smart professional vet runner right you 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 want to call a gap style run you want to call a zone style run he can do it all he's going to get what's blocked Sometimes he's going to get more than what's blocked. Um, you know, he's, he's not the home run hitter that J.K. is. We know that. But um, I I don't know. I got to stop talking about it. OK, let's move on. Because <laughs> uh, if I keep talking about it, I'm going to I'm going to need Slade to come back in and do another intervention. Um, so we're going to talk about some backfields now because we talked about some backfields with Matt when he was on um, before the season started. And one of the teams on the list was the Chiefs. But I feel like we've kind of talked about them. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to some of these other people, other, other backfields on the list. And so I'm going to I'm going to limit it to two. We have more than two on the list, but I'm going to limit it to two just for sake of the discussion. And if we we want to, you know, move to one of these other uh, teams after talking about these two, we can. But let's let's just start with the two. Um, so we talked about the Rams backfield and the Bucks backfield, Matt, last time um, we had you on before the season started. Um, how do you feel about those situations now that we're five weeks in? Do you do you have more clarity? Do you have a, a sort of a stronger leaning or are you kind of where you were before the season started? I think it's gone full circle because at one point <laughs> I felt like I I had a pretty clear idea. You start with the Bucks, and I thought, well, this is Ronald Jones show. But then they bring in Fournette and, you, and there's a lot of people are thinking, well, Fournette's a better back than than Ronald Jones, and I'm thinking, well, maybe in a gap scheme that may be true, but if they run things other than gap, you know, Ronald Jones is still pretty good, and then, you know, in terms of he's improved a lot. I think, you know, we talked about that last time that he's improved a good deal. 
the, the problem with him is he has frying pans for hands when it comes to catching the football. And that's a tough thing is that he's kind of hit or miss being able to make those grabs. He's worked on his game, but you can see him making drops of pass, you know, targets that really shouldn't have been dropped. And whereas Fournette's a good receiver, um, but Fournette hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, and then you've had some issues with McCoy staying healthy. Then that you, there's a little bright spot for Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie, and then he got hammered and had a chest injury. So he's a, he might be delayed another week or two. But the way I see this going is that I'm still back where I started from, which I think is that this will be a committee, but the lead back will remain Ronald Jones. He's just he's played smart. I think that he's you know he's made good decisions. He's run he runs hard. Um, he may not have the innate upside that Leonard Fournette has in specific situations, and I think Fournette will probably be a guy who gets you know. A, a minority share of the touches in the backfield as a change of pace back. Maybe in short yardage they'll use them a little bit. Maybe some they'll split more in the passing game. But I think what they hope to see is Keyshawn Vaughn take over that um, third down pass catching role. And I think down the stretch, that's what you're going to wind up with, even because um, I think they like the how intelligent this kid is. He's I always thought he was especially good pass protector at Vanderbilt. Um, I was like low, low key. I thought he was an underrated player on that end of it, like the, the third down end for sure. Um, so I think that they saw some of the same things and they're hoping he can he can acclimate there. So from that standpoint, I'm full circle. Then when it comes to the Rams, I guess, you know, it's it's funny. I've changed, but it's like it's not as ardently as I'd like it to be because you know, you, you you look at it, you think, well, Cam Akers, they brought him in, they drafted him early. He's a he's a hard runner. He's someone who has very good hands, great at contested catches, um, someone who can work his way open in the zone, kind of underrated in that respect. Um, but he's he was mainly a gap runner who ran some zone, but wasn't very comfortable in it. Um, and I think they hope that they get him on the field, you get that experience, get the reps, and he could just take off from there. While they were kind of side hoping that. Daryl Henderson would like get things addressed in terms of figuring out how to run in something other than a gap scheme. And if he did, then they had really high promise for him. And they're like, they had those two guys are like, but we have Malcolm Brown, who's basically our CJ Anderson. If we ask him to come in and do his thing, he can carry this load for us. And we don't want that to be the case because he's not the big play weapon, but he's, you know, at Texas, man, this was a five-star prospect who had, when you test him at the combine, all he, he had high-end measurables with everything but the 40, which, of course, you know, owners and team owners and team GMs seem to, like, stare at stare at 40 times like some people stare at cleavage, you know. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, Can't look I'm, away. I'm kind of, yeah, exactly. I've written, you know, it's like they, they're like the person in the interview. Like, there's, there's the people in the interview, like, you talk to women, they're like, you know, I'm okay with the guy who just, like, catches himself staring and doesn't realize it looks a little embarrassed and, he kind of got lost, and it's not like it's nothing personal. It's just body part and biology, and I understand. But then there's the one who's like leering at you, like the whole time <laughs> talking to the part of your body that you know. It's, it's, look me in the eye, like I'm having a conversation with you. So like I get that, but it's like that's how I feel like GMs and owners are about running backs. Like they could get a good scouting report, and if they see that forty time, they fixate on that, and it's like damn all the. They have all the nuance of the player, and Malcolm Brown was kind of the victim of like 
what happens when people think that way. And so he's a competent guy. But Daryl Henderson, man, he's playing well. He he understands now how to press and cut back in the zone game in a way that's a lot quicker. The receiving skills have been on display. You know, this is a better offensive line. I don't think it's a great offensive line. They've against tougher opponents. They haven't been able to open creases. Um, but with a team that where they teams that they're supposed to actually be able to run on, they can run on, I think. And I think that Daryl Henderson will continue to be the lead back because of his receiving skills, because he's shown some toughness between the tackles in the sense that, like Clyde Edwards, he's not going to run over people, but he's better at slipping tackles and being able to kind of balance touch and get through, um, you know, traffic, like kind of high traffic areas and bounce off and lower his pads and bounce off a hit and extend forward in the red zone. He's like shown some good work in the green zone, like inside the five. So I think he's the lead guy. I think they keep trying to push Cam Akers in there. That's the only problem is like if you're a fantasy player, you're going to get frustrated because they're going to keep trying to push Cam Akers until Akers either like shows out for a couple weeks in a row and then you're going to – and that would be the fear for a Henderson um, – guy who has Henderson shares. But, like, I think what will happen is they'll keep trying to give Akers the experience. He'll need a year to develop, and he'll, like, have some moments, but nothing strong. And and, and occasionally when that doesn't work out, they'll they'll put Malcolm Brown in there um, to, to take over. And really what it should be anyway is a Henderson-Malcolm Brown deal, and Akers should probably get a year to, like, acclimate a little bit more because he seems to be still in the mode of, Oh, I see an opening. Hit it as hard as possible, as opposed to how can I manipulate that crease a little bit more to get the most out of it. So listen, everybody, you got a real nugget in there. And if you follow Matt's work anywhere, particularly if you buy the RSP, um, you know about how he's established his reputation in terms of player evaluation. So uh, 40 yard cleavage. When it comes to running backs, <laughs> don't don't become enamored with it unless it's real and spectacular. Other than that, don't fall for it. Um, I think that's a lesson we can all learn. We'll have to, <laughs> we can we can we can we can veer worse into um, Greg Cosell and Sir Mix a lot when it comes to big <laughs> arms. <laughs> We could go down that road if you want to. Uh, you know, I never have any issues with going down a bunch of weird roads. Carrie and Chris know that. Uh, but they keep me straight. And that's that's these notes are going to try to I'm going to try to stick to them. I, re- I want I really, man, I got the lyrics in my head right now, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm going to look. Your I'm going to, you know, I'm going to uh, L.A. face with an Oakland boot. OK, I'm, uh, let's. <laughs> All right, Carrie, Carrie, <laughs> help me out, help me out, because <laughs> uh, all of them, like literally, I can see the video in my mind. Um, Rams, Bucks, backfield. Any any thoughts that you have on that? Or um, I'm kind of just thinking about this spur of the moment because Matt, you know, such a thorough job. Did you want to touch on any of the other ones that we talked about, like Colts or Lions? So you've got a you've got a widespread there. Rams, Bucks, Colts, Lions. Take it wherever you want to take it, so that I don't start rapping right now. Yeah, well, well, first I'm going to brag a little bit because, I mean, didn't we tell people on this very podcast to draft Ronald Jones? Yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, you did? Yeah. I can't take credit for it, but you guys did. <laughs> so, you know, it took some twists and turns, but, you know, we finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think with, with that, I, I think Matt um, summed it up pretty well. You know, 
I just like guys, you know, Ronald Jones is a guy that, you know, for whatever reason, um, the draft community, the football community, um, they just really down on the guy. And I've been impressed with his uh, continued growth as a runner. Uh, So, you know, I felt like the entire season, even when Fournette had showed his, um, you know, his high end moments, I I thought Ronald Jones looked like the best um, back in that backfield. I think that'll kind of continue. Um, and um, I look at uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, like like Matt pointed out, I think he's a guy that they really want to to take that third down role. And I think, um, you know, towards the end of the season, that's what you will see. Ronald Jones in that early down uh, role and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn on, on third down. Uh, as far as the Rams backfield, uh, um, you know, that's another backfield that's took some twists and turns. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson had that 100-yard game. And here we all thinking it's all systems go for the Giants the next week. And nope, Malcolm Brown comes out and leads the backfield. So uh, and I thought something in that was telling from McVay a couple things. Uh, after that game, when they asked about um, Daryl Henderson's usage in that game, he said they wanted someone, um, you know, more adept at just slamming it in there between the tackles. Um, and so that's why they went with um, Malcolm Brown. And so I think back to when they brought Daryl Henderson in and they compared him to uh, Lance Dunbar. And so that's a very different player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a guy that you're looking to kind of slamming in there. And, and Henderson, to his credit, is a lot better um, at that than than people think. But it's one of those things where. It kind of doesn't matter what we think if the coach thinks otherwise. So, you know, I'm looking at um, Cam Akers and, you know, what do we always say? Teams lie so much, but they have to tell the truth in the draft. And so they spit the 52nd overall pick on Cam Akers. And for me, it feels like he's the in-between of Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Um, you know, Michael Brown, they like, they trust, but, you know, there's limitations to his talent. Well, Cam Akers has the size um, that, you know, obviously they covet, um, you know, as far as a guy that can get in there in between the tackles, um, you know, in a, in a gap scheme and kind of bang it up in there. And then we have um, Akers having that explosiveness and pass catching ability um, being closer to, um, you know, Henderson. So, you know, this could be a, a situation where, um, you know, they 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 try their their best to kind of push Acres to the top of that committee if they can, and it's going to be up to him to, um, you know, rise to the occasion. And if he can't, then you know, we're, it's just going to be a, a mess. So for me, that's what it kind of boils down to is I think Cam Acres here in the next week or two is going to really get the opportunity to take the the lead in his backfield. And it's going to be up to him to kind of run with it. And if he can't, then it's just going to be, you know, uh, a 33-33-33 kind of mess. So, you know, be watching uh, Akers pretty closely here over the next couple of weeks. All right. Thank you. You saved me, Carrie. I appreciate that. that was, uh, <laughs> I'm back. I'm refocused. Chris, uh, I'm going to throw the same question your way. Rams, Bucks, backfield, or Colts, Lions. I don't know how I got those on the list, but they're on the <laughs> list. Um, you can talk about any of those if you like. For Greg Tofu, uh, a pork pie hat? 
<laughs> trying he said but he wants he wants me to go down the road i'm not just, i can't i can't do it i'm the I devil on the shoulder there we go. i know i know and it's gonna happen i don't, I don't know when but it's it's gonna happen but chris please again help me <laughs> he's begging oh man i am i'm begging i'm begging like i was begging the ravens to resign brandon Carr. please please bring him back <laughs> Uh, I'll go over the backfields uh, that, uh, just to review uh, the ones that we went over uh, prior to the season, which was the the Bucks and the Rams. Uh, the Bucks, you know, I agree with Kerry and, and Matt. You know, uh, Ronald Jones, he's I mean, he's impressed me. He's you know, he's done what I expected him to do. Um, his uh, his hands <laughs> or pans, as Matt would say. <laughs> <laughs> they they I, there's just some games where you watch and. You see Brady look at him, and you're like, and you see the ball going to him, and you're like, oh no! And then it just goes right through his hands, and you're like, damn, come on! Like he's one of those guys that I'm, I'm just pulling for. And uh, he made he made a, a catch uh, by the goal line, I think it was last week or two weeks ago on the Thursday night game, and it was a pretty nice catch. It was a, a fingertip grab where he had to get real low to the ground. And uh, I don't remember if they gave him the touchdown, but it was it was a completed catch, and I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And he did the same thing in the same game uh, on the sideline, where uh, the defender was coming at him, and he went up and high pointed the ball and came down with it. And I was like, okay, I, I guess this is a, a new Ronald Jones we're seeing. But then later on in the game, he had a, another drop as well. But as far as a runner, just purely a runner, I think he's looked fantastic so far this season and uh he's he's someone that i i really think uh people should be trying to get in in fantasy because it's right now the coaching staff and brady they keep going back to him and they keep they keep giving him like they little boost of confidence and i feel like with those that those you know boost of confidence it'll it'll go a long way with him because it, it gives him the confidence that, hey, I, you know, I can do this. I do belong here. You know, this is my backfield. And even when Fournette comes back, and like we know, you know, we watched the Ravens and we saw what happened to Brashad Perriman. You could say what you want about his hands. You could say what you want about the injuries. But when we saw him in Baltimore, that was a player who his confidence was shot. And when you, when your team has has that trust in you. It goes a long way, and it's it's something you can't really quantify, but you do see it on the field when a player is playing with that confidence and that swagger that, yes, I do belong here. This is my spot, and I think we're slowly but surely seeing that with Ronald Jones, and, and I think for the rest of the season, he, he'll build off of that and, and you know really take hold of this backfield eventually, and you'll still get the four net looks. You know, it's, it's not like he's going to be a workhorse like Aaron Jones, but I, I think we'll we'll see him, you know, take a, a more a little bit of more of a stranglehold on this on this backfield than than people anticipated when they signed Fournette. Um, as far as the Rams, I told Matt, I told Carrie and Mike this this morning. I said I still don't know what the hell to do with this backfield because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like you said, Mal- they rolled Malcolm Brown out week one. And he was looking like the guy. Uh, then he got hurt. Uh, then Cam Akers was out there splitting touches with uh, Daryl Henderson. Then Cam Akers got hurt. 
And Daryl Henderson's been getting the bulk of the workload these last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's done great with it. I mean, he's he's done with what he had to do with it. But now Cam Akers came back last week and uh, Big Vay came out and said they want to get Cam Akers into the mix a little bit more. And, you know, Malcolm Brown isn't going anywhere either. So it seems like one of those backfields that can that can become a headache because you don't know who if they're going to go with the hot hand approach. You don't know who you're going to have to start, you know, one week over the other week. So I think I think all three guys are talented. But I just think the situation and usage is is the problem for me. And that that's the the hard part of of navigating it Uh, with through injuries. It's been easy to just plug in Daryl Henderson. But now with everybody healthy, it's just it's a a little bit of a cloudy situation for me. And at least in my opinion, it is. I I like what Chris said. And and one of the things that kind of comes to mind when Chris mentioned McVeigh is, the more I watch McVeigh, I, I realize that their coaches are kind of like architects when it comes sometimes to game plans. And and it's like, but other coaches are kind of more like decorators, like the 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 building's already built, it's already designed. Now you just gotta fill it with the right furniture and the kind of look that you want it to have. And I think that sometimes coaches can be more one than the other, but they think they're both. So it's like I think Sean McVeigh's that guy who's like the the architect, but when you have to do renovation or you have to do some decorating, he's not the guy you want to have doing that. Like, cause mm-hmm. changing, changing that original plan really annoys him. And, and, and then he also chooses players in ways that I think can be odd. Where like someone like Bill Parcells is like, actually, which is kind of funny to think Parcells this way, but Bill Parcells is more like the decorator you know, or the or the guy that with the renovator, you know, he was the type of guy that maybe he's not going to architect the plan, you know, but he's going to make choices on players and it may not seem to make sense. But then once you once you put him in there, it seems to work out just fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's we know he's the uh, he, he wants to buy and cook. The That's right. We know yes. that. We know that. Yes. <laughs> he, doesn't only, he doesn't only want to cook. He wants to buy. Um, this is the end of part one of a two-part conversation with matt waldman as usual whenever we have matt on it's like having family over and we get to talking and the conversation just goes and goes uh so we're gonna drop part two in a separate episode uh so definitely you know tune back in for that